Welcome, my friends, to Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat, the podcast that never ends, where we gather our clan and talk about the peace and love in our lives, the difficulties along the journey, and how we rise up from them. We will experience a little thing I call cluberty together, and by the end of the show, we're going to find our sweet spot. I'm Uncle Dave, and our transformation starts right here. Hey now, and how are you doing? Just want to welcome you to the next episode of Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Today's episode, today's episode, you know, I met this guest and she is amazing. Uh, sat down and we lost track of time in our conversation when we were in, when I was in LA at a speaking competition. So, uh, love to talk, bring on Dr. Simi. Dr. Simi, how are you doing? I'm doing well and thanks for that beautiful introduction. It's very sweet of you. Yeah, no, we we lost track of time. We started talking. You act. Uh, she was a, a speaker right before me, and so I you know wanted to be respectful, tried to listen to her her speech, and I was like, wow, it's exactly things that we've heard on this show, things that I preach, and like, yeah, let's then let's have a conversation afterwards, which it didn't happen immediately afterwards, but we kept on about you know bumping into each other, and then we finally made the time. And lost about two hours or so. Uh, I don't remember how long it was, but it was a, it was a while, and it, it was definitely worthwhile. And I want the audience to experience that as well. Yes, we got lost in the conversation. It was beautiful. Um, it was as if we were bending some time space reality. So it was pretty <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, how are you doing? So, how are you doing today? So, you know, it's been about a week. Uh, how how has the after uh, flavor, the aftershock of the conference uh, resonated with you? Yeah, um, it's, I believe it's a mixture of things. Um, I, on one hand, I'm really owning myself, owning who I am, being feeling more empowered, actually, after after speaking, um, because I hadn't spoken in, in quite some time. So the conference really gave me a voice that I really appreciate. And, and I'm noticing how that's um, a domino effect on how uh, there are lots of other things that are that are transpiring within me and without me. And I mean, outside of me, rather. <laughs> and for those, I just wanted to be clear on what I was saying there. And so um, the, the other part um, is that I was a little, um, I can say, disenchanted by L.A., um, I'm not, I'm not there to sell myself. I'm impact driven. I'm not money driven and I want to help people. I, so these talks of money, you know, especially people who are really um, pushy, I guess, for lack of a better word and wanting to sell their product and get you enrolled in this and that or the other. I feel like that really pulls on my energy to Mm. where I can't contain it within myself. And when I do that, I notice that my own health deteriorates. I get tired. Um, I don't have the financial abundance. And so it's really paying attention to those little things because I am all about health, right? I'm a, I'm a medical doctor by training and I've discovered certain secrets and mysteries to our health that really aren't secrets and mysteries. It was just secrets and mysteries to me, so to speak. So I'm really excited to be in this space where I'm like, okay, you know, I, I know what I want, you know, and it's it's just helped to bring more clarity as to what it is where my focus should be moving forward. Well, and that was one of the things that, that resonated with me when I was watching you is that you and I have very similar, uh, you know, looks on life, and it's more important to 
assist other people than to you know make sure that we we get our money first and you know that was you know really where the conversations started going with, with you and I but let's take a step back before we get dive too too much how'd you get here you know like so you know you said you were okay but I'd love to hear part of who you are uh, and, and how you got here so that the audience can understand the, the, the specialness uh, of who you are. Thank you. Um, I guess I'll start from the beginning a little bit and kind of dive into uh, where I'm at. Uh, so I was, as you heard during my talk, that I was pretty severely abused as a child, starting at the ages of six months and lasting until I was 12 years old. The abuse was intense. It was physical. It was sexual, including animals and genital procedure. And in all honesty, I would not trade a thing because it has empowered me in so many different ways. So I went in search of God within me because being brought up in India, um, I was taught at an early age that God is within you. And here I was 38 years old and I'm going, I still don't know where that God is, you know. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to go in search of that, and I found some beautiful spiritual mentors. Um, one of them was the 12 archangels themselves. Uh, they've been guiding my path ever since, and they taught me the art of looking within. And the more I look within, the more reflection I get of who I am. And, and you know, so, some of that stuff is really really difficult to look at, you know, and mm. um, this is how I'm treating someone and as a result causing trauma in my unconsciousness, right? Mm. Um, so yes, while there's some good stuff on the inner or all the powers that I have, but then there's also the shadow aspect, okay, this is what I'm doing that's causing harm to another. So it's it's really taking that honest look. And that has led me to really claiming my my gifts, uh, which are many is what I'm realizing. And that realization is deepening this week as to what my own gifts are and how uh, I can contribute to the, to the consciousness of humanity moving forward. Yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, but it really is, uh, you know, starting out within ourselves. Once we can see uh, the past, that things that might have happened to us or the experiences we, we, we live through, but also how we do it ourselves, how we live. And you had mentioned something about how you see yourself unintentionally, you know, maybe doing something that that's, that now you wouldn't make those same choices. Yes, I wouldn't make those same choices now. And, and it's interesting because once you become aware of your own pattern, of your unconscious pattern that's harming another, mm. the impetus behind your habits your pattern it goes away so then you just have to be conscious of not doing it and that's actually a lot easier once you've discovered what the force was that was that was causing you to act the way you did and the force is always um and it's no big secret the force is always a sense of unworthiness or lack of confidence or you know whatever that that not enoughness is is what's uh, driving the the patterns you know and yeah. once we kind of look at that and soothe ourselves and love that little one then then it becomes a habit and then when you pay attention to the habit you're like oh i can simply choose to do it this way versus this way it, it is it becomes that easy really yeah it it's it, it really becomes easier once you start practicing it. I mean, that's why I, when I, uh, on some of my talks, I talk about Hoponopono, where we heal ourselves, and it's really healing, healing our inner child. 
Yes, that's exactly what we're healing. And even when we are, say, forgiving another, we're really forgiving ourselves. But if yeah. it makes you feel better in the moment to forgive another, please do so. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, that, that, that's part of that. Forgiving, the, forgiving our, ourselves because it's healing somebody in somebody else as well. Right. Yeah, we, because we, ultimately we are all one, you know. Well, that's we the whole part, right? It, that's the trick is once we really acknowledge that we're all one, uh, we might be different, different physical beings, but energy beings, we're all one. That's right. So whether I'm forgiving you or for my, or, or myself, it's all one and the same. <laughs> <laughs> so, so along your journey, you, you obviously started off, you just explained, very traumatic. And, you know, it's, I guess it's great that at 38 you, you found it. I didn't find it until even later in life, so... Uh, it's a challenge, but so you, you, but you were going through, and you mentioned so obviously you not only had worked through your challenges, your your the traumas that were uh, put upon you as a child, but you also became a doctor, so you became knowledgeable in what we'll call Western Western philosophy, also or West, Western healing. Yeah, that was a journey in and of itself. Um, I had uh, two kids during during med school. My older one was a year and a half when I started, and my younger one was born when I was in my first year of residency. So it, it was, you know, raising two kids, and I was married and taking call, uh, 40 hours of call during that time because the laws that stayed, you can't take, you know, uh, so many hours of call, like you, you can't, you know, you can't continue to go yeah. on. Um those laws didn't come into effect until later on. And so I remember waking up one morning, going at three in the morning, even though we were told don't come before five o'clock. I'm like, well, how do you want me to see all 20 patients before, before eight o'clock for our meeting? If I can't come in any earlier than three, uh, five. So I would, I would sneak in. I wouldn't tell anyone. I'm like, I got to see these patients. And, you know, because it was a, I feel like it was a tougher journey for me to to soak in all the information about the patients and learn all that I needed to learn all the drug interactions and all the past medical history it really took me time because of I feel like I had certain amounts of learning disability that wasn't caught and once I got it though I would get it but it would take me time I, I was slow at initially getting the learning process down um and, and that's okay but and I made it work and so I remember I go Going in at three in the morning, and it wasn't until the following evening, so that day, and then the next day, like at six o'clock, that I got home to a point where my younger daughter, I believe she was around one and a half, two months old, and she forgot who I was, mm. you know, because I was gone for so long. Wow. Yeah. So it was, but you know, it it just shows that where there's a will, there's a way. All you have to do is be willing to, to do it. That's all that's required, you know, as Jesus said in Course of Miracles, he says that all that is required is a little bit of your willingness. Yeah, well, that's part of it is, right, just showing up and, and be willing to learn, admit your mistakes, as you mentioned earlier, but also learn from them. Not only just say, okay, I did something wrong, but learning from them and then growing through them, uh, as you started saying as well. Right. Now. And when I was going to med school, I mean, I, I wasn't aware of most of my trauma. I was aware of some, some of it. I was aware of my sexual abuse that started at, there was another set of abuse that started when I was six years old. So from the point of six months to six years, that of sexual abuse, I wasn't aware of. Those memories only surfaced about, I'd say about nine months ago. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I, so obviously those those must have been traumatic. Coming back and, and being stuck in that that early childhood, that, that I mean, definitely six months, uh, but even six years old. Uh, that you know, gets getting stuck in, in in those ways. That must have been. So, how did you overcome some of this? You know, knowing the the blending. I guess this is when you started using the blending of the the Western medicine and the Eastern medicine, and, and, and thinking about things outside the box a little bit. Yeah, I would say the process actually found me. Um, so in 2012, I came across a group of um, 12 archangels who called themselves Theo, and they were channeled by a lady who lives in, um, she used to live in LA, I don't know where she is now. And when I found them, they they talked about doing the inner work and finding that inner child. And honestly, I had no idea. All I knew was that they knew how to help me. It was simply that simple. It wasn't It wasn't me doing my extensive research and saying, oh, this is what they do or don't do. It was none of that. It was simply me trusting my heart, which was saying, this is where you can find help because my life was a mess. It was a royal mess. And I knew it was something higher than me that could help me. There was, you know, no, nothing else could help me. And I knew that somehow. So I went, I started taking classes through with Theo and they, they taught us how to tune into that inner child. And, you know, what I'm finding is that inner child work, it's so rich with wisdom. It is so rich with knowledge. And a lot of people I've seen out there, and this is where I'm seeing them stuck is that they say, oh yeah, inner child work, I've been there, done that. And I'm like, clearly if you're saying that you haven't been there and you haven't done that because this process will lead you to your enlightenment. If you allow it, if you continue to marinate yourself in it and that's, it became a, it became a part of life for me. It was a lifestyle. I, I ate and I breathed and I, and I drank this stuff. That's how I lived. Right. That's where a lot of people, you know, go, I did it. Uh, I've done some of it, but it's, it's really scary stuff, because especially when you have as much trauma. I mean, you know, the, the things I needed to go through, and I don't know that I've gone through it all, uh, you, you know, because, you know, I, I keep diving and I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't realize, you don't realize it. And it, it sometimes just pops up uh, out of nowhere. Right. And one of the things I came across was narcissism uh, in myself. And I was also led to then see the the deep insecurity that lies in my soul that led me to be narcissistic so it helped me to have compassion for myself mm. you know and and it's like when when you are this severely abused excuse me but how do you not become an asshole well some of it becomes protection right uh, you know it's well people have always done this our brain summarizes exactly behaviors or it picks up behaviors and they summarize it and you really just do it you know you don't realize it until you're told that's why communication is so important and when you're able to find people that you're able to communicate with or to tell you hey dave you're an asshole let's go you know did you notice you were doing this and then it's a choice you know if you come over to me and say dave this is how i saw you doing it or this is how i felt when you spoke to me this way and then I could go, oh, that's not what I meant, and correct that. Or you could just be like, if you don't have that communication, you're just like, oh, he's an asshole. He, you know, the way he he does things. And, you know, that happens fewer and fewer. I, I have to say I own that uh, earlier in my life than I do now. 
but I'll be I'll be totally honest here. I meant it. It, it whatever I was doing because I felt so insecure that I was an asshole. There wasn't a miscommunication. So I, I'm totally owning that part. And I'm also saying that when I began to have compassion for myself is when I began to heal that part of me. Sure. And that's where that's where the tricky part is. Like you have to be willing. And even though I was willing, it was still a very difficult process for me to own that stuff initially because the ego was so fragile that I could not take criticism. So it took a loving, kind, kind act from my daughter who sat me down for two hours after we had got off the plane from Costa Rica and we grabbed the luggage and she just went ham on me she schooled me and i'm like wait this is not a good time it's never a good time mom she goes i said but do you understand we're standing in the middle of this luggage baggage claim area and we're right in the middle of the hallway so this is not a good time like as far as space she's like well let's just move to the side so she sat us down to the side and we sat there from like 9 p.m till 11 p.m until she told me everything that i was doing that was hurting her she pointed out my patterning to me. And and then what I began to realize, it's this pattern that actually we make ourselves sick because when we behave in a certain way, we we get mad at ourselves. And then we carry that guilt around us, which is what leads to a lot of our physical illnesses. Mm. Yep. And this is why, you know, the research has shown that a child who has experienced um, one ACE, which which is a, an adverse childhood event, is at a higher risk for having cancer as a, an adult and a child who hasn't. Yeah, no, I've seen, I've seen the research about holding people holding it down and they, you know holding it in. It, the energy goes somewhere and it needs to you know kind of formulate in, in a lot of different ways. Uh, that's why it's really important to know how your body feels with certain things. I know when I get too stressed, my neck starts bothering me and uh, I need to then do things. Uh, I mean, even just this, this past week. So I hadn't seen my acupuncturist in about two weeks. And when I went there, you know, they were putting in pins and I was like, Oh, ow, ow. And you know, and she goes, yeah, you haven't been here in a while. The energy uh, it was. And I, and I had told her I felt a little off and uh, she was like, yeah, you know, you just have all this energy It was good energy, but it just wasn't flowing in, in the right way. And that's what we do. What are some ways that you use to align your energy or to help move your energy in a healthy way? Um, so physical activity is really important, which I didn't realize until recently how much it was helping me. I mean, I've always, I've always done it. I love to exercise and I'm realizing that it moves that energy. So that's that's really number one. Number two is my favorite way. And I've been doing it for since 2012 for 11 years now is the inner child work. Mm. It's tapping into that inner child because what happens is when we experience trauma, part of our soul gets fragmented mm. and those fragments develop a sense of abandonment. They want to be heard and in their desire to be heard, they have temper tantrums inside of you. And one of the ways that temper tantrum is manifested is, is through a physical illness. So simply, when you have a physical illness, if you tune into that inner child who's causing those physical symptoms, your symptoms will go away. It is as simple as that. So that's the second one. So first one, exercise. Second one is inner child. Third one is just simply meditating. Um, maybe, I don't know, 
five, 10 minutes a day or twice a day. Mm. Uh, and that's simply watching my breath. I'm not a big believer in guided meditations. I've never done them. And I, I mean, I'm not saying there isn't benefit. It's just speaking of myself. Yeah. And when you can quieten that mind, it'll allow you to tune into that inner child because we, on the average, have about four to six inner children. And they each have, have a certain vibration to them. So based on what your emotions are, you can fine tune that into, oh, it's my six-year-old. Oh, it's my six-month-old. Oh, it's my 20-year-old. So you can really... If you, if you are perceptive enough, if you give it enough time, you can uh, hone into which inner child it is that is wanting your attention in a given moment. That, that's awesome. And, that, and that's right. We get stuck in so many different ways uh, as we're growing up or different periods. I hadn't realized that until I, I, I did some inner work as well. And it's so brave. How do you, when, when you're working with somebody, how do you help them through their, their work to, to get through. Because a lot of people, once you start talking about inner child and uh, past, past challenges, people will start getting very defensive. Right. And it's to, so my first session is called the discovery session in which I gather some information and then I lay down some foundational principles, meaning you will get triggered and it's okay. You will probably get mad at me at some point in time because I'm wanting to point something out in you that's within you. And that's what you're paying me for. That's what that's what I'm holding space for you, right? And what happens is because I've done the inner work, we the energy gets so uplifted that then you are able to actually see what's within you a lot more clearly than if I hadn't done my work. So that is a blessing that that comes forward. All this, all the beings, you know, the 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 light beings that do come forward and assist with that process, and it makes it easier for you to see. Oh yeah, I am doing that. So what I do is I ask, start asking a series of questions where they get to the answers themselves rather than me saying, "Oh, you're doing this." But sometimes um, I am being guided. I I am being guided to share. Okay, this is what you're doing, and other times. I just ask questions so that you can arrive at that conclusion rather than me telling it to you. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, because it really is because it's most important. Uh, I, I would say probably for them to come up to the or, or or the person to come up with their own ideas, and because it, it, nobody ever wants to, and, that, and that's why I like using the word mentor versus uh, coach because you let them come to the, their own conclusions. Yes. Yeah, and oftentimes we'll start out, you know, like well, I would say this is what I'm seeing and they will sit there and they will deny it. And sure enough, an hour later, as I, we're doing the questioning and then they'll be like, oh, yeah, you did say that about an hour ago. I did. And that's OK, because we had set the stage we had kind of planted the seeds so you could you could extract it from within you and see, OK, this is what I'm doing, because it doesn't serve me to know what's going on within you unless you know what's going on within you. Right. Right. Yeah, and that's the biggest, you know, I guess I keep saying the biggest, but, uh, you know, there's, there's so many challenges when you're working through is because uh, the really comes, you know, the teacher will appear when the student is ready. And, yes. you know, it's 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 scary work to do that type of work, to go in looking at, at, at yourself, you know, starting with that, that part about what can I do or what am I feeling? And, and, and generally it's a feeling of unease by remembering some of those those. Those memories. Yes, it can be a daunting 
process. And this is where one of my favorite quotes is, may there be compassion in your gaze when you look within. Mm, nice. That's really nice. So you've been doing this for a while, and but how has it changed your life? I mean, I can you know for those who are uh, just listening to audio, hopefully they'll look at the the video to see how much you're glowing. Uh, you know, really, when you get through all that trauma, do you go through a physical change to you know, you know, because we're holding it within our body, we're holding that other and not useful energy in our body. Mm, that's a great question. Um, Yes. So what I've noticed is that I used to have this, um, as as we women call it, resting bitch face, right? <laughs> RBF. Um, I used to have this angry look, and especially it was around my eyes. And then one day, as I was going through the process, a friend of mine had pointed something out to me. And when I began to look at that, I went in the mirror and I said, I went and looked in the mirror and I said, wow. Because my features had softened within minutes of addressing whatever it was that was causing me to look angry all the time. Mm. And in in other ways too, right? As the body releases anger. I mean, I'm 53 now and somebody like me, I, I was just getting thoughts about 15 years ago now uh, that, oh, oh, what would it be like if I had cancer? Oh, I think I can fight it. I don't know. So when I began to have those thoughts, I'm like, oh, shoot, I think I'm going to get cancer because of how I was thinking. It was almost like I wanted it to happen. I wanted to punish myself for not being good enough, for not having loving parents or, or whatever it was that the story that I was making up. And I am healthy. I, I'm, I'm 53. I'm not on any medications. Um, anything that I come across in my health, I'm able to tune into that inner child and really um, come back into a place of ease from a place of dis-ease. And, and that's just, a, like I said, it's become a way of life for me now. Well, you're more in tune yeah. also how the energy feels within you. Uh, like I said about my shoulders, how can some how what would be one way that you would suggest to somebody to rec to look into or recognize some of the 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 disease in their body so that way they can move it forward into a better way yeah um what the the technique i use is so every time we have an a disease or an illness in our body it's associated with an emotion okay so say you have knee pain you Feel into what emotion that knee pain is causing you. Is it anger? Is it frustration? Is it jealousy? Is it grievance? Whatever that, that is, then you then you go back and you soothe the child who's feeling that way. And you'll notice that if you dedicate enough time, the, the child will begin to feel better, you know. And for some, it may be longer than others, depending on how deep the issue is. But it is simple. It is that simple. Yeah. I, I, I've seen, I, I've worked in urgent and I've seen like blood pressures go from like 260 over 170 to 140 over 70 within half an hour of me addressing their issues. But but you also have to know, I've been doing this for 11 years. I, I eat, live and breathe this stuff, right? So I know it like the back of my hand. I feel like I am the embodiment of the process. So I can I can really tune in very, very quickly as to what the emotional issue is. And you will get good at it too as you continue to work on it and if you dedicate time to it. Right, so everybody could do that themselves, and I think that's what Dr. Simi is really telling us, that we need to work through our problems, but also really face them uh, to ourselves. 
you know, not hide because at the end of the day, and that's one of the things I, I, I teach as well is I don't care what your problem, you know, you know, I care for your bet well-being, but it doesn't matter what your problem is. You know what your problem is. So would you agree that you don't always, they don't need to share the problem with them as long as they can recognize that? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yes. They can work, they can work on it within themselves. And, you know, also when you begin to soothe the center child, what will happen is you will be guided to take inspired action. Mm. And it's an inspired action. It's not a forced action. It's not coming from the mind. It's coming from the heart. So when you act on that inspired action, that's when your life begins to shift. That's... I mean, I have very little drama in my life. I am so happy with where I'm at, you know, both not just my physical body, but the, my physical reality, right? Um, and spirit is using me in so many different ways as well. And we can talk about that another time if you'd like. But yeah, then spirit begins to use you so you can be of service to spirit. Right. And that's and that's really what it comes down to also is that it's not only having this inner peace, it's what you're going to do with it. And that's why it's that law of abundance, right? The, the law of attraction and the law of abundance as well, because the more the better you're feeling, the greater opportunities that you're going to have to feel good and it keeps leveling you up. Uh, that's one of the things I talk about is how we can keep leveling up. It's not only about overcoming the traumas that we might have had in our past, but it's keep lo- leveling up, growing, and experiencing life in a different, completely different way. Right. Well said. <laughs> now, is, is there any... So if I have an ailment, I should always just look into, I mean, obviously there is still a part of go to your doctor and make sure that your, your blood pressure and, and things like that. But you could, if you're attuned, would you say that if you're attuned to your body, you could heal it much quicker than traditional medicine? What would I? What? Oh, hands down. So yes, I will say that there is a time and a place for everything, right? So yes, please, you need to go to that doctor. You need to get that, you know, an illness taken care of because you don't know the process yet. You have to learn it first. And then as you learn it, you learn to elevate your vibrational frequency. When you elevate it, that's when your health comes into a place of ease. So yes, they have to go to the doctor and then tune in, tune in, tune in. That's that's the key. And you got to do it consistently. right? You, it's, it's not just a one-time process. You have to be unrelenting for your health. I mean, you have to, you have to fight for your health. You have to be vigilant, right? Isn't that why Jesus said, be vigilant only for the kingdom of God? I, I think that's what he was meaning. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Uh, because it's beautiful. It really is where we all, the, the higher we take it, really takes us to that level of oneness. Now you, you said you had communications with the archangels and now you're able to, to do that because you, you've kind of cleared all obstacles uh, between you and, and the universe. I have actually, and that's a beautiful feeling. What I'm realizing is I started out with myself and I went on this journey and guess what? I'm back to myself and just owning it. And realizing why my, my no, and I was speaking with a friend earlier today and I was sharing with her that now I know when I say no, why it's a no. It's not mm. just a belief in my head. It's that the realization of who I am. So it's coming from a place of empowerment rather than fear when I say no. Cause sometimes people say no because they're afraid or whatnot, right? 
Well, I'm saying no because I have the clarity and I'm empowered and I'm saying no, thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, no is a complete sentence and really understanding why we have the no. It's rather than just saying is no out of fear. Because What would you say if somebody had a no out of fear? What, what, what's a suggestion that you might, uh, that you might suggest? Honestly, your no's aren't going to be out of fear until you're doing until you're done doing your work, until you realize that power that lies within you. So again, having compassion, right? Oh, I said that no out of fear. Okay, just recognizing that, just being aware of it and continuing to do your work. And one day, I guarantee you, you will get to that place where you're going to say no, and it's going to come from a place of empowerment. And then people mm-hmm. will take it as that. They're not going to come after you and say, oh, are you sure? Right. There's there's going to be none of that. There's going to be like, oh, she doesn't want it. All right. Be done. Right. It's setting those boundaries. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you now set boundaries? So, you know, where we've taken the journey, uh, obviously, at the beginning, you were working through trauma. And now when you say, you know, you know, you understand, you know, a lot better than you might have said it years ago. How do you what would you suggest as people to set boundaries and how to build those boundaries i would say do the inner child work because then the inspiration will come from within you but until you can do that it can be in little things for instance we were at the conference and when there was somebody a speaker was going on stage one of his secretaries or whatever they came over with this plastic cards and they said oh here here's a card you know why don't you take this and the speaker you can take notes or write down your questions for the speaker and I wasn't even planning on going because I was I had my talk to go to so instead of grabbing that piece of paper simply because she was handing it to me I said you know what no thank you I'm not going to be able to go to this person's talk and number one I have my own talk number two I'm really not interested in the subject that he's talking about right it's not serving me I mean he can talk to people who are who who it is serving right so me showing up and I'm not taking the information is it's not serving anyone and number two I said it's cluttering the earth and I don't want to clutter the earth so will you please keep this and give it to somebody who can use it so it's little things like that it's expressing it's your voice it's saying no for for a right reason right not for the sake of saying no because you want to control someone but truly saying no because that's what is resonating in your beingness mm. yep no that's exactly and and, and your talk one the, well, the talk that I heard was about uh, redesigning your DNA, and, and we've sort of spoken a lot about this, but I'd like you to have an opportunity to kind of explain what that means and, and how to go about doing it in, in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. So what I've come to find out in my journey is that your emotional body forms a blueprint for your physical body. So you cannot shift your physical body unless you have a new blueprint. And the blueprint is shift when when the emotions shift, it shifts the DNA that because our the blueprint is the DNA. So DNA is shifted when we release the emotions, anger, blame, shame, the emotions that are not in alignment with who we are as a being. Mm. As a as a powerful being, as a god being, as a master. And when we begin to release those emotions, the DNA just takes care of itself. It, it it heals. It transforms. So this is why there's so much research on epigenetics, which has shown that just because you inherit a gene of, say, that colon cancer, 
cancer, of the breast cancer, it doesn't mean the gene has to be expressed because when you shift that emotion, the gene heals, the mutation heals, and the physical body then heals as well. So that's what I say, redesigning your DNA. That's beautiful. I've been really... The thoughts that we can, not that we can, thoughts that we can, the thoughts that we do change our body and we can heal ourselves over time. And that epigenetics is one of those things that I, I enjoy reading about because when you start looking at the patterns in our lives and the patterns in our lives are, are, are formulated by those who are around us and the thoughts that how we interpret it, uh, it becomes really powerful. And you see where some of the fears that we have are unintentionally, you know, some, sometimes it's like that unconscious bias that we have just because we're around those type of mindsets. And the same thing with our body, how it starts triggering it. If we've had fearful or our parents or relatives have had some painful experiences that we might not have experienced, but they pass down unintention, you know, unintentionally towards us. Yeah. You know what? I will say that fear is actually one of the hardest emotions or hardest feeling to deal with. At, at least it has been for me. There are times when I just wanted to crawl out of my skin, but I'm like, where do I go? Like, mm. you know, it's, it's, I'm in here in my body. So where am I going to go if I want to crawl out? And what I'm realizing is that anger that we hold actually serves as a shell that keeps the fear in place. So when we release the anger, everything underneath because there can be shame underneath of anger. There can be fear and guilt. Everything else dissolves. It is so fascinating to me. I let go of anger. My fear dissolves. That, that Then that gives me the courage to say that no and set that boundary. Sure. That's that powerful. Yeah, no, yeah, it's it a lot of stuff. Yeah, it, 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 all, it all is the right way. But how would you work with somebody who on forgiveness? So somebody who wronged you, uh, you can forgive with the, the things within yourself to allow that. But uh, how would you uh, be open to or, or are you open to be, you know, re receiving forgiveness from somebody else? Mm, it's all about forgiveness, right? Everything. Um, so the way I handle forgiveness is so forgiveness is not a conscious process. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to forgive so and so and think you're going to be done. No. <laughs> yeah, no. It, it's it's <laughs> like that when you were a kid, right? When when you were a kid, you know, did you did you hit your sister? Yes. You know, say sorry, sorry, which doesn't make anything any better. And you know, even if your sister or or brother or you know, you know, accepts it, it, it it's not really forgiveness, right? We 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 hold that energy within ourselves. Yes, exactly. So it's not as conscious as we'd like it to be. And again, First, you have to feel the anger that you're holding that is that is unforgiveness. So mm -hmm. unforgiveness is the anger. So say say your you, you know your your brother hit you, and so you want to now forgive them. So you feel the anger. So what I do, I actually have a pirate's mount when it comes to forgiveness. I say you whatever you know. I, yeah. I use all the cuss words, and guess what? Not it's it's something that is uncensored and non-negotiable. Meaning, if you're feeling say this guy's an asshole that. It's in your energy field anyways. So you might as well admit it to yourself that that's what you're feeling. It's 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 getting out of the denial of your feelings. Mm. So it's constant continuing to feel that emotion. Okay, I think he's an asshole. I think he's whatever, whatever word you want to use and feel that to the fullest and not hold on to it. And see, that that's a technique. That's a technique that 
Um, I mean, if people want to learn more, I'm happy to share how to release because a lot of the times people feel it, but they hold on to it. So right. how do we know we're releasing it, not holding on to it? So if it's becoming intense, the anger within you, that means you're holding on to it because it shouldn't be that. I mean, yes, there is some intensity. Don't get me wrong. There is uncomfortability, but it shouldn't be so intense to a point where you're like, I'm going to break, you know, or I'm going to hit someone or whatever. It is uncomfortable and there's ways of releasing it. And once you release that anger, that compassion, that forgiveness truly comes from within you. And you'll notice in little things, you know, that, that you're forgiven because all of a sudden you, you, when you think about that person, you don't have the anger or it can be as simple as you're eating and you're not eating so angrily, right? That's yep. also forgiveness or you're driving and you're more mindful. You're not willing, you're not wanting to like run through every, every yellow light. It's okay to stop and breathe. Those are all processes that you'll find are, are part of unforgiveness. No, exactly. You know, and that's why for, for the audience, think about it. When you've done something, when you built up uh, an emotion or a, a fear, and then you've actually then done something to overcome that fear, what does it feel like? It feels released, right? There's that released euphoria, and it really becomes so powerful within yourself because then you know you've accomplished something. I mean, even like this morning, I had to drop off some paperwork uh, uh, where I was feeling a lot of angst uh, around it. And I could have, you know, I was, when I was driving to, to go do it, I was already on my errands and I was like, well, I can go do this later. And then I was like, no, you got to do it now. Uh, you know, n not for any reason, not because it was, do it now, and why are you going to hold on to the energy? No matter what energy I felt before, I still might feel afterwards, but the fact that I was able to release the, the worry about it was one less thing I needed to do, and because you're going to feel the energy anyway. You know, exactly. So try to face the, the, the things that need to be faced. Right, because that's where health is. And, and to me, health is not just physical. Health is financial, health is relational, health is physical, health is, you know, your, your relationship with your food. So it's it's everything, right? And so what is your relationship like with your food? What is your relationship like with your finances? What is your relationship like with yourself? Because that's where true health is. Mm. You know, it's it's not just, oh, I'm feeling good physically or whatever. It's 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 much, much, much more than that. Yeah, there's so many layers, and uh, one of the stories I tell is uh, when we say you got to be honest with yourself, write it down. You know, I, I really suggest to people write down their their raw emotions. Use whatever language you what you want. Where you said you talked like a pirate and and things like that, uh, but you know, really write it down. Nobody has to see it. That's the power. You have the power. I, I had done that one time and went through a bunch of traumatic events and it was like 35 pages and then I went into my backyard and on the fire pit I burnt it and I you know put the cover so it doesn't blow all over uh, but I watched it release and I felt so much better so there's so many different ways and you know you just need to do if you're going to do something like that please do something carefully and uh, you know always whatever you're doing release it in a healthy way would you uh, agree or what happens when you're angry and you want to write an email to somebody? Would you say put as much love into that email, the, the, the energy behind it, not necessarily the words, not saying tell them that you love them even though you're not, but if you're putting it in there with a mindset of I really hope that the outcome that we want is, is obtained. That's 
sort of that energy shift. Right. And as as I alluded to earlier, the and you've been speaking to that as well, that the energy is with it's in your energy field. Right. So even if you're writing, I mean, how how often this is what, what my teacher said when I first started on the spiritual journey. She said, how often do you think badly of someone or you're angry with someone and they come up out of the blue and they give you a big fat hug and they say, oh, I love you and truly mean it. They don't because they sense that within you as well, right? So one of the ways that, I mean, obviously there's um, several different ways that, that we release anger, but one of the ways that I've done it because I I felt so angry at obviously my, you know, at the abuse and all that's transpired is that I would freeze water in, in like Ziploc bags. So I had blocks kind of like bricks to throw and then I would, this was in Wisconsin, so it's not as busy as Colorado is here. So I don't know where I would do that here, but um, there were parks and they were, they were totally empty at night. And so I would go and just scream as I'm like slamming down these blocks of ice because I needed a release. So I get it. There are times when you need that kind of a release, right? But you have to be careful with that kind of a release because it can actually throw you into a cycle of rage. So really, it's it's really good to have a mentor. And this is where we started out, right? Somebody who can guide you and just bring you out initially, because then you begin to carry your own energy and, and the information will come from within you as to what to do and what not to do. But at least in the very beginning of your journey, get 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 help, you know? Um, I mean, Theo was my mentor as a 12 archangels. They helped me, they, they guided my path, you know? And there's nothing wrong with that because a lot of us, at least I was when I, you know, because of, I was abused. I didn't believe in therapy or I didn't because as if it made me somehow bad or whatnot. And yeah. and it's also cultural for us, you know, I'm from India. So we, we don't talk about things like, no, we, <laughs> you know, the, the, like, so therapy was like out of the question, you know, cause that means there was something really wrong with me if I wanted to get therapy. Um, so I, then I think that was my way of just seeking out the archangels so that it would be permissible to my mind to get help if that makes sense sure no, it makes i have so, not gotten any help even through med school and raising kids and yeah and i wish i had now but i didn't have the wherewithal to even think like that you know so that's why i'm saying it's okay to get help we don't have to be mavericks and we'll still get there to wherever wherever we're wanting to get to so yes there's no destination but guess what there are milestones along the way right and, and we need to always remember those milestones celebrate those milestones yes and uh, that, that that's one of the most important things so we're, we're getting towards a milestone on this episode uh, as we're getting close to the end how could people contact you and connect with you mm. um i have a website it's uh dr simi says.com so d-r-s-i-m-i-s-a-y-s.com and fill out a contact form, and I'm, I'll be happy to get in touch with you. Also, I'm looking for um, bigger stages. If there's anybody out there, um, I would love to come and speak, and that would and, and spread the word to the masses. You know, because our healthcare is in shambles, and being a medical doctor, I feel like it's almost my duty to to help others to see that there are other avenues to regain their health. So, that, thank you. That's awesome, and you know, thank you so much for your time. And the knowledge and, you know, I, we could talk some more, uh, but, you know, this episode, we're getting close to the end. And, you know, for everybody else, you know, make sure that you find that peace and love within yourself because that's where it all starts. And when you're bringing a bat, just make sure that you do what you can to make sure it's finding your sweet spot. And again, moving that energy in the right way that we've talked about today. Thank you so much and have a great day.
Thank you, David. I'm really glad that you're enjoying our show. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is brought to you by Launchpad 516 Studios. Executive produced by David Chemetsky and George Andriopoulos. Music selections by James Grant, Zach Nelson, and James Gaither, and licensed through Storyblock. Sound effects and sponsorship music licensed through Epidemic Sound. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is hosted with Podbean. Subscribe to our show wherever podcasts are available. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and share with all of your friends. Follow us on Facebook at Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Follow me, Uncle Dave, Dave Shemetsky, on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Clubhouse. You can find all those links and more info at davidshemetsky.com. For show ideas, feedback, guest inquiries, or just a chat, reach out to me at peacelovebringabat at gmail.com. For sponsorship and media inquiries, reach out to peacelovebringabat at lp516.com. Make sure to follow all the great podcasts produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. Today's journey has come to a close, my friends. I hope the seeds of peace and love continue to grow for each one of you. Remember that peace and love surrounds you and will assist you to rise again. But don't forget to bring it back for what you believe in. Namaste. Namaste.